this specific one, I think will maybe be 10 minutes long, max. Because oh. it's like, here's what happened. Yep. Have a nice night, folks. Oh, I have, I have notes. Come on in, sit a spell. We've got stories and jokes to tell. It's going to be a great Noel. It's the Advent Calendar House. Muffins, black and smurfs, and even Garfield's Halloween We're gonna take a trip down memory lane Frosty, Rudolph, and a bunch you've probably never seen It's Mike and pals that come to entertain Turn the knob and lift the latch for fun and laugh that can't be matched But just beware the icy patch, it's the Advent Calendar House Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the holiday podcast that isn't afraid to smurf around and find out. (laughs) Our reunion tour with characters we've already covered continues with one giant puppy open sleigh ride back to 1987 because it's time to celebrate another Christmas with the Smurfs. This is Tis the Season to be Smurfy. I am three apples high and was raised by squirrels, so I made a hat out of a leaf, Mike Westfall. And joining me is my favorite lady smurf artificially created in an evil wizard's castle. It's Lindy. Hey, Lindy. Well, I'm three apples high, but I'm three sheets to the wind. (laughs) (laughs) And the master of weird wooden polstering puppets who prays to elves. It's Donnie Storms. Welcome back, Donnie. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me on the podcast where the big boys smurf. That's the adjective. <laughs> Noun, verb, pronoun, article, conjunction, participle, etc., etc. Oh, it's the blue world order. No, that's something different. <laughs> Thank you both for joining me. This is a special I had never seen before this year. Had either of you? I have. Um, actually, I think I might have watched this one on airing, which I know for just about every other episode i've been on hasn't been the case but yeah this we found one this was a christmas vhs mixtape one and i think the timing worked out so it might have been recorded live wow and yeah i do not think i'd ever seen this one before lindy does your copy have commercials because the ones i found did not you know what um i i would have to find the vhs tape and like oh one, even see if it can play and then have to do a transfer. I can't recall, to be honest, uh, if this one did end up with some commercials or right. not. <laughs> it's, it's 1987. We all know the commercials from like five <laughs> other things. Like it's all the same ones that, that that's when Garfield came out and Claymation, Muppet Family Christmas. It's those commercials. And they were primetime commercials. So then you got normal stuff in there like razor blades and cars. Yeah, but if it's Santa riding the razor blade, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Yeah, this aired in prime time. This aired December 13th, 1987. It was a Sunday night special on NBC, which means our house would not be seen tonight. Sorry, Wilfred. But I didn't find out about it until a few years ago when I was searching for the Smurfs Christmas special, which I had watched many times before. I covered it in 2020. But years ago when I was searching for that, this one also kept showing up in the search results. I almost said the Smurf results, which wouldn't be wrong. But (laughs) so this year I decided, fine, let's watch it. And it appears to be remembered fondly by people who have seen it and who remember it. Yeah, I'd say that that tracks. I mean, this is the most Smurfs I've watched of any of the show. And I think it was on for like eight seasons or something like that. This is the only episode I know I've ever watched completely from start to finish and <laughs> I, I, i'm sure i've got some nostalgia working for me but I'm, it was pretty enjoyable enough little special and see that's really funny because i'm the exact opposite where when i was much much smaller i i was a smurf watching machine if that was in fact a mach- thing that you could make a machine for sure uh and i watched a ton of smurfs i had a ton of the merchandise i had a uh one of the the records you could play on a record player um my favorite story involving the smurfs involves a a smurf handbag mike do we have time for this tangent go for it (laughs) i want to hear about the handbag okay so when i was little uh i had a a little smurf handbag that i used to carry around uh that what i would put in my um my viewfinder 
and all of the associated reels because they needed, if I, we were going someplace, they needed to, to have something to keep me busy. And so I'm like four years old. Uh, I'm being babysat by my grandmother and her sister. So my grand aunt, I guess. And um, we, I don't remember where we were. I think we were in a store and they were trying to get me out of it to go to the next thing. And I was messing with my viewfinder. I had no interest in leaving the store as being a little bratty four-year-old. And so my grandmother comes over and she, she grabs me. She's like, come on, Donnie, let's go. Let's, let's go to the next place. I didn't want to leave. So she, she started to kind of try to usher me and I pulled back and I swung that bag and I just walloped her right in the eye. Oh my God. <laughs> and so her sister turns and looks at me and is like, Donnie. And I look at her, look her dead in the eye. And I say, you're next. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so now anytime a foreign object of some sort comes into play, whether it be in a sitcom or professional wrestling, my mom will, will ask me, you know, oh, do they have a Smurf bag? Because that's <laughs> the go-to thing to hit somebody with oh. in my household. Wow. That is my favorite story involving the Smurfs that I've ever heard. And I haven't heard many. <laughs> But uh, this was the final special episode of the Smurfs run through the 80s. The show would continue through 1989. And by the time it was done, there were more than 250 episodes of this cartoon. I can only think of three Smurfs cartoons I've seen more than once. This one, the first Christmas special, and the Smurfs and the Magic Flute one, which I think was a movie. So I don't know if that counts. But that's it. It counts. Okay, like every other time I've watched a Smurfs cartoon, there's a good chance it was my first and only time watching it. But with that, let's Smurf into it. And if you want to watch along, Tis the Season to be Smurfy is up on the Smurfs official YouTube channel. But it cuts off the opening credits for some reason. I found some other uploads with the opening credits with very clearly computer animated snow, which I was not expecting but looked really impressive for 1987. I I had this in my notes that the snow filter that they use is freaking gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It is. It adds so much to this that it isn't just like, you know, animated by hand snow. You can tell that they animated the episode behind it and then threw the, the snow falling filter on top of it. And it looks like legit snow and it looks so, so good. It adds so much to the special, and I love that they went that route. Like, I was surprised that it was this good that long ago, and then I was wondering, I wonder if this copy, they added CGI credits for the DVD release later, Mm. if there was a DVD release. I don't even know, but it's kind of a hard fade out of those credits and into the special proper, so probably... Yeah, I offer no insight because my copy had the, the uh, yeah. much like the YouTube channel had the opening part cut off too. So. <laughs> okay, yeah. Lindy's mom started recording at eight oh five. There, basically, is. like, oh my god, there's something to record. Let's go find it, and like, yeah. this is the first forty five <laughs> seconds. Well, all right. Well. Uh, It is a kind of hard fade into the special proper as a group of Smurfs sing about how this is their favorite time of year. This is our favorite time, favorite time of year. Cause when tomorrow comes, Christmas will be here. While riding on a sled pulled by their pet puppy named Puppy. Even the simple. And he's a regular sized dog and he's got a crazy backstory. Did anybody look up the backstory of the Smurfs puppy? I did not. Oh my goodness. So Puppy originally belonged to a wizard and enchanter named Omnibus, who is mentioned in this special, but we don't meet him in this one. He he appeared in some previous ones. Papa Smurf just goes to visit him here and then he comes back. But at some point before, Omnibus gives Puppy to the Smurfs as a gift. But he's a very special dog. It turns out Puppy is a thousand years old. Sure. Sure. Wait, is he a thousand years old in dog years or is he like 7,000 years old in dog years? (laughs) A thousand like revolutions around the sun years old. All right. 7,000 it is. Yep. Uh, And he remains young thanks to a magic locket on his collar that can only be opened by baby Smurf for some reason. Sure. 
Oh, that sounds like the most horrifying episode set up if something goes wrong. <laughs> we never even find out what's in the locket besides, quote, the key to all magic. And I'm just thinking, is it love? I bet it's love. It's love. It's, it's absolutely love. love. It's always love. <laughs> so Puppy gives these Smurfs a lift back to Smurf Village, where we see pretty much everyone is busy getting ready for Christmas as usual. Uh, greedy Smurfs not. Um, making his giant vat of pink gelatinous goodness this time. He's making Smurfberry candy canes. Vanity Smurf is hanging ornaments shaped like his face. And Clumsy's knocking into people. And there's a couple of newer faces since last time we were here. The first is Wild Smurf. He's the easiest one to identify in a crowded room because his hat is made out of green leaves. And instead of white Smurf pants, he wears a brown loincloth. Okay, it, maybe I'm just putting too many things together, but when I think about like the 80s, I feel like there was a fair amount of content I remember seeing that at some point or another evoked the trope of like child raised in the wild. Because like I think about this character, I think about like the some characters from like a video game, like from Final Fantasy um, six, like Gao, the kid who was raised in the wild. And then like the whole <laughs> Howie Mandel movie, Walk Like a Man, where he was like raised by wolves. <laughs> like, was this just like an easy writer's trope for if they did wanted to have like a non-verbal character? It's like, oh, and he, he was raised in the wa- wild and that's it. <laughs> uh, when did the Jungle Book go into public domain? <laughs> Maybe it was the 80s. Who knows? Because Wild Smurf is basically Smurf Mowgli. His deal was he was lost as a baby. You ever wonder how Papa Smurf manages to raise a whole society? Well, it turns out sometimes he's bad at it. And Wild <laughs> Smurf gets lost as a baby. Accidentally abandoned as an infant raised by squirrels. <laughs> and so he only talks in squirrel chatter. And who else to provide the voice of squirrel chatter than our old pal Frank Welker? <laughs> Did he leave him out in the woods to, like, keep the White Walkers happy or something? (laughs) (laughs) Wild Smurf Smurf sacrifice. (laughs) Well, the last time we talked about Frank Welker on the podcast was Beauty and the Beast of the Enchanted Christmas. He was that footstool dog. If there's an animal, Frank Welker is there to do it. Yeah, basically. Uh, The second new character is Nat Smurf. He's the one in the straw hat. Nat is short for natural. That's right. It's a Smurf with nature themes. Sure. <laughs> Not to be confused with the nature themes uh, themes of being actually left in nature. Right. No. Yeah, that's I thought that was Wild's thing, too. But no, Nat's deal is he's basically the hillbilly Smurf. He's Cletus from The Simpsons as a Smurf. Complete with a straw hat and brown overalls with a single suspender, and he's voiced by Charlie Adler, which is why he sounds like Buster Bunny with a southern drawl. Hiya, Wild! Oh, are you here to help us decorate for Christmas? I like that uh, that he actually had, like, all of the other Smurfs, they, they put the voices through a filter that has them, like, up several octaves. Right. And in mm-hmm. this one, they were like, nah, we don't even care. Just have him do the, the bumpkin voice. It's fine. He can do it. Yeah. Last time I talked about Charlie Adler was on Tailspin. He was one of Don Carnage's lackeys, Mad Dog. We're mostly focused on Wild right now, though. He's not exactly sure what everyone else is doing. And we first see him kind of peeking out from behind a barrel for some reason with what else? His squirrel friend named Chitter. And since Frank Welker's doing Wild Smurf, the voice, for lack of a better word, of this chittering squirrel is Don Messick. Another classic. Yes. His last appearance on the podcast was one of the sheep in the story of the first Christmas snow. And he was also the voice of Papa Smurf. And as I mentioned last time, I'm not going to go over every Smurf voice again. Just the characters we haven't <laughs> met yet. Too many. Uh, but and, and they all get like one line each. Just, I'm here too. But Papa Smurf reminds everyone it's Wild's first Christmas with the rest of the Smurfs. And he implores all his little Smurfs to keep that in mind and be a bit more patient with him as he learns about the season. But that still bugs Brainy Smurf for some reason. Brainy is just more insufferable than usual in this episode. Well, 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 if it isn't wild, wild, wild Smurf. Don't just stand around like a Smurf on a log. Start decorating. <laughs> Brady, you don't often get characters that are just total jerks, but are also like the smartest person in the, into the room if they don't like, you know, trip over their own stuff. <laughs> 
I don't know if Brainy's that in this, but we'll get more than that as we go. <laughs> For now, he just tells Wild Smurf, if you want to help with Christmas, you can start decorating. Up there, and he points to the roof of the nearest mushroom building. So while Tarzan's up to the roof on a strand of garland, something I've always wanted to do on my roof, but you know what else I like? Being alive. Like intact legs. Yes. <laughs> Wild fares better than I would, but does accidentally crash into a snowman. That should soften the flow. So then Smurfette takes Wild around and explains what's going on. I like this part because uh, they have Baby Smurf, who's like right there when this is happening. Right. But Baby Smurf's response is like, yeah, I'm a toddler, and even I didn't screw up the snowman. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yes. Baby Smurf knows what's going on better than Wild does. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're charged with, like, possibly having the key to all magic and also, like, possibly killing an immortal dog, like, maybe you just grow up faster. I was going to say, yeah, that that forces you to mature. (laughs) Life comes at you fast. (laughs) So now Smurfette takes Wild around and explains what's going on. She shows him some ribbon, says it's for wrapping things. So Wild takes the giant spool of ribbon and wraps up Brainy. That'll learn him. Missed his mouth. Smurfette explains, no, you're supposed to wrap gifts. Okay, let's see who's in charge of wrapping. Oh no, it's Jokey. Christmas is so much fun, Wild. There's singing, dancing, and lots of presents. Right, Jokey? Yeah, lots of big surprises. (laughs) But here's where Papa Smurf explains at Christmas, there's a special spirit of giving and sharing for everyone, not just Smurfs. And he's heading out to deliver a gift to his friend Homnibus, whom we mentioned. And then the Smurfs will all exchange their gifts to each other when Papa gets back. And Brainy wants to know, why not now? The answer is because two other Smurfs aren't with them at the moment. Grandpa Smurf and Sasset Smurf. Finally, they added another girl. I was going to ask, as somebody who, as I admitted, didn't really watch a lot of the actual show, like, it came off to me like this was the special or at least the season where it's like, oh, we're going to try to introduce new storylines and freshen things up by adding new characters yes, all the time. All, okay. All three of these characters have a very uh, Cousin Oliver G2 Transformer <laughs> vibe where it's like, yeah, they're here, but no one really wants them to be here. We just want the originals that we know, but they need to sell more merchandise. So here they are. Yeah. Well, and Sasset had her own episode, which is basically just, hey, remember when Gargamel created Smurfette in the lab as a spy to turn the other Smurfs against each other. What if they tried that again? And the Smurfs go for it. It's a little different, though. So, yeah. So so with Smurfette, and that, that was a real episode, too. They took that straight from the comics, I guess. But Smurfette snitched on Gargamel, and Papa Smurf used his magic to turn her into a real Smurf. So a few seasons later, Smurfette gets frustrated with that none of the other Smurfs are into the girly stuff that she likes. So some of the younger Smurflings decide to steal Gargamel's Smurfette making recipe to make her a little sister. And Gargamel catches wind of what they're doing, sabotages the ingredients, but Papa Smurf saves the day again, and we got Sasset. The longer version's a bit more complicated than even that. (laughs) But in this canon... If you want a lady Smurf, you got to make one yourself, apparently. Uh, Okay. It's good to know. I think they have websites to help people out with that sort of thing now. (laughs) Realsmurf.com. What? (laughs) (laughs) This, all I can think of is, I don't know if you guys are fans of the Venture Brothers, but like there's an episode where there's a background argument over what, how Smurfs reproduce. (laughs) So, like, the the argument is either they're a colony or there's like a queen, which is oh, Smurfette. No. But that nope. seems impossible because, like, she'd have to be an estrus like twenty four seven to keep up the Smurf population. But then the other option is, oh, they have to do it like humans do because clearly they're mammals because Papa Smurf has a beard. No, it, it, it's <laughs> something to do with clay. There's like blue clay. I'm. <laughs> Sure. Getting super biblical. Was that all Smurfs or was that only Smurfette? Because, I mean, I, I had known about Smurfette. Oh, it might have just been it might have just been Smurfette and Sasset. I don't know. Spores. Yeah. They're all spores. <laughs> but 
Look, I'm not going to be the one to Google how do Smurfs reproduce. If you all want that in your searches, <laughs> knock yourselves out. Uh, yeah, proceed with caution. But Gargamel, by the way, not in this episode. He's not showing his face around Christmas again, not after last time. Sasset is voiced by Julie Deese. Grateful Gremlin, Grampy. Thanks for showing me what Christmas Eve is like for humans. We last heard from her on this podcast on the Qbert Thanksgiving episode. She was Viper the Snake who talked like Mae West. Here, Sasset has a southern accent for no reason. She calls Papa Smurf Pappy and Grandpa Smurf Grampy. Grampy's giving Sasset his Christmas gift to her early by taking her to a human village for a Christmas Eve festival. And Grandpa Smurf is voiced by Jonathan Winters. Smurf a tootie was nothing. Oh, my God. What? Yes. I have not talked about Jonathan Winters before on the podcast. So what do y'all know him from? I know he was born from an egg from a foreign That's planet. Mine. And it was quite a- <laughs> Oh, <laughs> What do you know Jonathan Winters from? Our touch point is that uh, he was Mork and Mindy's son, Mirth. Okay. Okay. Because organs uh, are born old and age backwards. There's a Christmas episode I need to cover. But <laughs> I think I probably best know him. He was on Carol Burnett, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably where I would best know him from. Probably. Because I watched a lot of Carol Burnett as a child because, man, was I a weird child. <laughs> but I, I hit old women with Smurf bags and I watched Carol Burnett in the afternoon. Um, but, yeah, I think that's Carol Burnett show is probably where I would know him from. I watched a bit of the Carol Burnett show because I had a neighbor who was really into Annie. Mm, okay. And then I have a faint memory of a sitcom Jonathan Winters was in called Davis Rules with Randy Quaid. But I like only remember I don't think I ever watched it. I just remember seeing promos for it lasted for two seasons and vanished. Yeah, I've got some of those kind of memories, not of that specific show. Right. I know I also knew Jonathan Winters from um, It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Also, the narrator from uh, Frosty Returns, which. Wolf. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. That, I almost put that in this season, and then I decided, nah, I need to let that steep a bit. <laughs> that, yeah, that one. You could skip that one forever, and it'll be fine. But Jonathan Winters actually voiced Papa Smurf in the 2011 movie. Yes. Uh, died two years later. I was going to say, I had no idea he was even still alive at that point. Damn you, 2011. <laughs> <laughs> But here he's Grandpa Smurf, who wanted to show Sasset what Christmas Eve was like for humans, but they can't let the humans know they exist. So they're kind of just people watching. And also people watching from a nearby dark alley is some shady looking guy. We never get his name, but the Smurfs wiki, which exists, calls him the Christmas thief. Even though he doesn't actually steal Christmas. That's another guy. That's a different guy. <laughs> but sure, Christmas thief. That's what we'll call him. <laughs> Christmas, my favorite time of year. When everyone's purse is full of gold. He is voiced by Bernard Earhart, whom I know best as the GoBots arch enemy Psykill. I love Challenge of the GoBots. I had a Psykill action. Actually, I had a lot more uh, GoBots than I had Transformers because we were poor. Uh, <laughs> so I had a boatload of GoBots and like three Transformers. I was about even, but no, actually, I think I also had more GoBots now that I think about it. That's okay. So this guy watches from the alley as a man buys a gold necklace. This man is wearing a fancy hat, a robe, and a monocle, just a bunch of various medieval rich people accessories that don't match, because he can. And the Christmas thief runs in to swipe it, almost stepping on Grandpa and Sasset in the process. They go unnoticed and unharmed, but now they watch this guy yoink a bag out of the rich guy's pocket, and Sasset is very concerned and asks her grandpa, why is that human taking the other one's bag? And then I thought, and I'll ask you, do you remember the first time you witnessed someone stealing something either on TV or in real life or whatever? Not a strong memory for me, no. I mean, I remember the first time that somebody stole something from me. Oh, but that was, uh, yeah, I left uh, baseball cards at my desk in fifth oh, grade. No. And uh, we did one of those... Um, we did one of those deals where you'd switch classrooms for like dare or whatever. 
And my group, my, my class went into another classroom. The other class came in and the kid that was sitting at my desk, uh, I remember his name. His name was uh, Trondell. And he, uh, he, he took my cards oh, and no. I came back, they were gone. And of course they could never prove it. He, he denied it, but I know he took them. Way to go Dachshund Trondell there. <laughs> I didn't give his last name <laughs> or, his, or his phone number or address. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Well, my introduction to stealing as a concept was a segment on Sesame Street about the great cookie thief. <gasps> nice. Oh my god, I forgot about the great cookie thief. Yeah. I had that book. I loved it so much. Yeah, there was a little golden book starring Cookie Monster in the Old West standing next to a wanted poster of himself, but when no one else is looking, he draws a mustache on the poster. As one does. Right. I had the read-along book for that. Oh my god, that's uh <laughs> you unlocked a core memory. I haven't thought about it in a while. Oh, so perfect. thank you. You made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> my work here is done. <laughs> But back to this robbery, Grandpa takes an apple, throws it at the thief, and nails him on the hand, causing him to drop the money bag and run away through a crowded street. It's a big apple, too. Grandpa's only two of this apple tall. So this kind of kind of bugged me because exactly the 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 apple, like I thought Smurfs were three apples tall. And uh they most certainly were not three apples tall in this particular special. Yeah, no. I thought uh, maybe it's a big apple. I mean, maybe it's like a, an ant thing where, you know, how ants can lift up a portion of their body weight. Yeah. So maybe like since the Smurfs are smaller and denser, they can carry heavier things. That's it. <laughs> so next, Grandpa and Sasset follow an old man selling homemade puppets. But no one seems interested in them. And they're a weird sort of pull string puppet. Yeah, I, I was kind of confused as to how the mechanics works because, I mean, it kind of just looks like it would just be two, like one rope with two strings on it. Like, I don't understand why the legs move. I had one. I had a puppet. Oh, did like you? A, yeah. You, you, really? You, yeah. You have the, the string at the top and you have the string at the bottom and you pull it and they do like dances and stuff. Oh, it must have had a separate joint in the middle. Okay. Yeah, separate yeah. Strings. okay. That had to be it. Yeah, they're no hand puppets, but they're they're neat, I thought. Don't think I'd want one, but Donnie had one and he enjoyed it. As as Donnie reveals that he had the cheapest toys available on the market, <laughs> GoBots and string puppets. Yeah. <laughs> but you were happy. Nothing kids more love more than toys you can get at like Big Lots or the other clothes out stores and then things made of wood. Yep. <laughs> and you loved them. I did. That's all that matters. Now, I had a bunch of wooden, like, Amish-made toys, too, that I played with <laughs> a lot as a kid, so I have no room to talk. <laughs> there you go. And here, one boy does take interest in these puppets. Sir, please wait. I, I've i been admiring your toys. The boy's name is Hans. He is voiced by Justin Gock, who was nine at the time. He was also on the soap opera Santa Barbara, as Brandon Capwell, the younger half-brother of Kelly Capwell, played by Robin Wright. Oh, I had no idea she was on that show. For a bit, like first few seasons. Uh, and But sadly, Justin Gock died in 2014. Mm. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Here he's this boy, Hans, who's fascinated by these pull-string puppets, which makes the old puppet maker so happy that someone even noticed his handiwork that he decides to give the kid one. I am sure you'll give Jack a good home. <laughs> Merry Christmas. The old puppet maker is named Gustav, and he is voiced by an old friend, Les Tremaine. We last heard him on the podcast in A Very Merry Cricket, as said Very Merry Cricket, and also Harry the Cat in that. But not for long, because Hans's dad angrily tells his son to keep away from the poor people. How many times have I told you these poor people are not our kind? They live in those hovels across the river. You live in a fine home, so keep away from them. You mean Hans's dad, Joe Flaherty, that just shows up out of nowhere? <laughs> oh, see, I was going to go with elongated Lord, Far Lord Farquaad. <laughs> and then his mom is his mom is very clearly Princess Peach. Yes. <laughs> no, I swear to God, as a kid, probably because I did watch some SCTV, but I, you know, also because of Follow That Bird, I saw that guy. And ever since I was a kid, I always thought of Joe Flaherty. 
I, well, now I can't unsee it. Um, the voice of Hans's father is William Schallert, uh, the dad from the Patty Duke show. Sure. And the college dean from House Party 2. <laughs> uh, really, Willem, must you be so? And what is this? Hans's mother, who disagrees with her husband, but gets interrupted in the middle of her one line, is voiced by Pat Music, whom I know best from an American tale as Tony Tapone. Oh, my it's God. <laughs> the best character in American tale. Uh, he's the uh, he's the mouse version of the guy from Titanic that sets sail with Leo. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Now I can't stop thinking about American Tale. What did he? What did he call Fievel? How do I not remember? He had a name. Oh, the... to the internet! Oh <laughs> God! What did he call him? Philly. Philly. How I forget Philly. 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 Philly Mousekowitz. Yeah. Of course, the thing, the line from that I always quote is the uh, the pigeon. Uh, the uh, Henri, you said never. Oh, so I did. Oh, <laughs> that's my favorite line in the whole movie. <laughs> oh my god, sorry, tangent. No, all good. That's funny. I, I can't even remember half the half of what happened in American Tale. That was the first movie I ever saw in the theater. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I, okay, I saw it in theaters too, but I, it, you know, I don't think I ever had a copy that was released like oh. on VHS to watch. Yeah, so no, I, had to- I never got to see it again until like maybe many years later. But uh, because of McDonald's, I had Fievel's Goes West that I watched 5,000 times. I watched Fievel Goes West way more than the original. I had the original on VHS. I wore that thing out. I had the soundtrack. No, I was super into American <laughs> Pat Music, sorry your only line gets interrupted by your snooty husband who throws the puppet in the road where his carriage runs over it in front of Gustav. Which, this is super weird to me because this is a rich guy. Like, this guy is super rich and his kid wants to save money. Like, why would you not just be like, all right, great. Now I can spend my money on crap I want because my kid's happy with a block of wood and some string. Here, let's let's uh, I'm going to speculate on this. So if you think about it in terms of like he's super rich and he's not involved with this kid, he's going to want the kid to have things that make him look good status wise. Whereas if he spent any time with his child, he would just be happy. The kid wanted to play with something he was willing to purchase because you could spend a thousand bucks on a toy, but the kid might only want to play with the box kind of thing. So I'm going with, he is a wretched deadbeat parent. (laughs) And it's definitely a status thing here because he says, I can get, I will get you much better toys to play with. How dare this guy be poor? (laughs) I have a quick question since again, Smurfs novice. Shoot. During the show, did they one ever like go amongst the people in this sort of way? And two, was anyone nearly as Germanic specific as Gustav previous to this? Rarely. And I think so. Yeah, they never they never really went in with people that I can remember unless the, the people were central to the plot. Okay, like there was never like if they were going to to be involved with people, the people were going to come into their sphere of influence to do stuff. It was never a case like this where it's just like, let's go amongst the people and hide ourselves or whatever. Okay, because I was just I I knew that Smurfs had originated from somewhere in Europe, and I was like, oh, maybe like the super German accent is like a callback to Germany kind of being where it originated. So, Yeah, it definitely has that like medieval European feel to it. And I think that part is canon. Okay, but all of this happens in front of Sasset, whose eyes are now full of tears. Grandpa took her to see how humans celebrate Christmas and we get this. Thanks, Grandpa. That's right. Well, now Sassy and Grandpa want to follow old Gustav home to find out why he's so sad. Oh, I'm sorry. Was his work getting run over by a carriage in front of him because he's poor? Not a good enough reason, Smurfs? They follow him home where his wife is sick and a doctor has to tell Gustav he's done all he can do, but maybe try to brighten her mood over Christmas. This is heavy. Well, 
Honestly, this is my favorite kind of like Christmas special illness thing. It's very uh, Tinkerbell from like the stage Peter Pan. Where it's like <laughs> you don't really say what's wrong with them. But if their spirits are better, they're sure going to make sure. it. They never once say the word die or dying. I, no. I, I typed down it here in my notes. Sesset tries to get help for the old totally not dying lady. <laughs> The old totally not dying lady is named Elise. She's voiced by Peggy Weber. Elise, I made this for you. Merry Christmas. Oh, jumping Jill. Oh, it's beautiful, Gustav. It reminds me of Christmas long ago. IMDb tells me Peggy Weber is best known on screen from Orson Welles' adaption of Macbeth as Lady Macduff. Wikipedia tells me she's had a very long and successful career in radio and founded the California Artists Radio Theater. Hmm. And as far as I can tell, she's still alive at age 97. Must have been the elves. Must have been the elves. She's an old, totally not dying lady. That's right. <laughs> Maybe she has a locket with the, the secret to magic in it. <laughs> She got it from the puppy. <laughs> That's right. And accidentally, well, later they just start taking like wrapped gifts. And just like, just take some, let them have some under the tree. So maybe, maybe that got mixed in with it. <laughs> they check the next morning and puppy is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Well, we lost his locket. What are you going to do? Womp womp. So Gustav shows Elise. One of his girl puppets, and she loves it. Reminds her of Christmas when they were very young. But that doesn't quite seem to be enough to make her feel better for too long. And Grandpa and Sasset are listening at the window as Gustav wishes he could give his wife a Christmas that would lift her spirits. And that gives Grandpa some sort of idea. We don't know exactly what yet, but Gustav apparently heard the two Smurfs talking outside on the windowsill and goes to look. And he does get a glimpse of tiny footprints in the snow before the wind blows them away. So for a tiny second, she thought, could it be Christmas elves? Sure. <laughs> well, actually, Elise sort of teases him, says, oh, did you hear elves? Because that was the story he was trying to tell to cheer her up, but it's not working. So Grandpa and Sasset head back to Smurf Village, where everyone's still running around decorating. This is also where Smurfette catches Wild Smurf standing under mistletoe, which is just a quick thing they throw in. So it looks like there are more jobs to do besides running around with a string of garland and polishing giant ornaments. So she rounds up the other Smurflings who are at band practice, I guess. Nat's in the band. He shoves her out of the frame. <laughs> like, we're practicing. Get out of here. <laughs> That was good. You know what? I, I, speaking of the band performing, I, w I wanted to point out, I was kind of impressed that like they spent enough. I mean, maybe this is a testament to maybe those graphics were legit, but I feel like they rescored a like a Christmas carol. And then they have this original song that it's not the most amazing song. I'm not going to pretend yeah. it's good, but like <laughs> it's like, how often do you get a TV Christmas special, which is usually just like, hey, let's pump it out. It's an easy thing to do. And yeah. that they do original music for it. I thought that was like a kind of cool touch. The, the cool thing about the Smurfs, and, and I think the it's one of the things that makes them so relatable, uh, is that they, they can take their theme song and they'll just change the words to fit whatever scenario they're in, which I think is something <laughs> we all do. You know, we all get like a song in our head and it's like, you know, oh, I got to go to the grocery store. Eggs, milk, and chicken too. Maybe buy some chips. You know, and like, that's what the Smurfs do. The whole intro song. Folding the laundry in. Exactly. Don't forget my socks. <laughs> Don't die for Christmas, lady. We brought you some gifts. <laughs> See? It works. Well, that's my entire day tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm fine. And this begins a sequence of Sasset and Grandpa going around asking for help to do something for these two humans and various Smurfs saying, nope, sorry, too busy to even listen to you. Every Smurf has a job based on their name. Go do yours. But there's one Smurf who isn't too busy with Christmas Eve stuff. It's Wild, who hitches his squirrel pal Chitter up to a sled he made out of sticks and dead leaves and offers Sasset and Grandpa a lift. 
Those two have filled a couple of bags full of wrapped presents, like I mentioned. They're just sitting in a pile outside the middle of the village. They're not even under the tree yet. I don't know when they were planning on doing that, or if they were, or if it even matters what's in them. Clearly nothing personal if no one seems to mind that they're gone. I just hope they aren't the ones jokey wrapped. <laughs> Give to the old lady and they explode. <laughs> New and approved jokey products. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, like, the Smurfs are kind of like a commune. Like, maybe that's why their presents aren't that exciting, because, like, everyone gets, like, a mushroom. <laughs> they, they're, they're all fraggle pebbles. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas, old human couple. Here's a letter bomb. <laughs> so Grandpa, Sasset, and Wild all head back to the human village as we cut to commercial. Tis the season to be Smurfy. We'll return after these messages. Hey, Smurfs, let's surprise Papa with breakfast in bed. Yeah! Smurf Berry Crunch is fun to eat. A Smurfy fruity breakfast treat. Made by Smurfs so happily, it tastes like crunchy Smurf Berries. I hate cows. It's very safe and crispy to be very red. Smurfy Smurf Berry Crunch. My favorite. It's all fiber taste, Papa Smurf. Smurf Berry Crunch cereal, a very Smurfy part of this nutritious breakfast. You know how some people are really into watching bad movies? It's basically that, just with more princesses. Bad Princess Movies is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses, and princesses to be. I am your host Christy, and I like to torment my friend and co-host Bree by making her watch and talk about these awful, sometimes downright terrible princess movies. That's really all there is to it. So if you want to hear us goof on these films and don't mind a bit of swearing while we're doing so, come and join us on our podcast, Bad Princess Movies. We now continue with Tis the Season to be Smurfy. And when we returned, Papa Smurf is back holding a present from his friend Omnibus to Grandpa, and it's Greedy Smurf who has to tell Papa that Grandpa and Sasset did come back, but then left again after they kept talking about some old humans that need our help. And Greedy actually admits that he was too busy to listen. That's some self-reflection right there. That's it, yes. But if you think that's bad, Brainy adds they went to the human village. Can you imagine leaving a perfectly Smurfy Christmas party to go see some old humans? And Papa immediately replies, yes, you dummy, maybe they can't help themselves. And Brainy just stares dumbfounded at Papa like he knows he messed up. You'd think the smart one would figure out, oh, maybe this sick old couple can't care for themselves. Brainy doesn't have foresight. He can no. just figure stuff well, out. I mean, he's good for math, not for people. He's like Sheldon <laughs> Cooper. I mean, he's book smart. He's never going <laughs> to figure out when, when he's being a jerk. That's it. This whole segment is hilarious to me because, you know, the, we, we get the, the segment where the, they're all clearly too busy. And I mean, Smurfette even does the classic thing where it seems like she's listening. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And they're like, yeah, you're sorry. Let's go get help. She's like, no, no, I meant I'm sorry. I don't have time to listen to you. Please stop talking. <laughs> right. They're all little red henning. And then Papa Smurf comes back from his, you know, Chekhov's visit with Omnibus. Um, <laughs> And it, he, everyone's like, oh, yeah, they were here. They were, we were too busy doing this. And he's like, well, why were you too busy? They're like, oh, yeah, no, totally. We know we're going to help right now. <laughs> they all do a 180 real quick well. as soon as Papa Smurf comes back. I just think it's funny. They all turn into pick me Smurfs. Yeah, right. Well, you don't you've never seen Papa Smurf very mad, have you? Nope. <laughs> they don't want to either. So maybe I'm not sure I want to. And now the younger Smurflings are the ones who finally come up with the idea that, hey, maybe we can share some of our Christmas with them, including their tree, which is easily picked up and carried off by Hefty and other Hefty. Why not clones? Our Hefty's in a red <laughs> scarf. This other Smurf's wearing a blue one. And thanks to the Smurfs wiki, by process of elimination, I've determined this is Timber Smurf. We could give those humans some of our decorations for their tree. But Sasset said they don't even have one. We could share ours. Give me a hand, Hifty. Also voiced by Bernard Earhart, so the Smurfs load everything up on a human-sized sled pulled by Puppy. 
they almost leave without Brainy, who's too busy going, this is ridiculous, because Brainy Smurf, Donnie, is another Christmas shoes guy. He is. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, what an awful song. He's not he's not in that Christmas mood. No. Last time Donnie was on, he said Gobo Fraggle was a Christmas shoes guy, which he 100 percent was. Right. Sir, I want to buy these Smurfs. (laughs) (laughs) Can you buy Smurfs? (laughs) We're going to kill that grandma over there to make sure Brady Smurf appreciates Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) We want her to look beautiful when grandma meets the Smurfs tonight. (laughs) Uh, Brady's less of a Christmas shoes guy than Gobo was because he's actually in a Christmas mood, but... He doesn't see why he has to move their party somewhere else. But then he sees everyone else leave on the sled with the tree and all the presents. So fine, he runs to catch up. And then about 30 seconds later, they catch up with Grandpa Sasset and Wild. And that's when Brainy takes credit for the idea. Yes, Papa Smurf and I decided to bring a little holiday spirit to those needy humans. Shut up, Brainy. So the Smurfs arrive in the human village and they have to stick to the alley so no humans see them. Also out and about is Hans's stuck up dad who's now carrying a tall pile of gifts that are just so much better than puppets made by poor people. He's the type of dad that would give you the Christmas present and leave like the price tag on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look how much I paid for this. I don't speak from experience or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, at least yours got you gifts. (laughs) A couple times. Mine just straight up sent me a check with 20 bucks in it. I would have rather rather had the 20 to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I would have rather had a father. I don't know, knowing which one I would have been set up with. If if the choice was 20 bucks or having my father, definitely the 20 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Drama Uh, now at Christmas time. (laughs) We're working through some stuff tonight. (laughs) My dad listens to my podcast. He loves me. (laughs) Hi, Mike's dad. (laughs) Hi, Mike's dad. (laughs) Hi, Mr. Westfall. Oh, but the snow's starting to pick up, so Hans's dad decides to take a shortcut home now that all the peasants are in their houses and away from him. He takes a shortcut through Crime Alley. Yeah! (laughs) He stupidly decides, I'll take this dark alley home. Thomas and Martha Wayne are over on the side. (laughs) (laughs) That's my next note. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. I love it where it's sink. I'll take this dark alley home with my big pile of expensive things. And sure enough, our Christmas thief returns to take Hans's dad's bag of money that he just wears in his belt without securing it. I'll just wear my credit card on my necklace so I know where it is all the time. And then Hans becomes Batman. (laughs) But I don't think we see Hans again. We only see the parents. We never see Hans. It's reverse Batman. It's reverse Batman. (laughs) (laughs) But Puppy crashes into Hans' dad. Oh, there's the tragedy. Uh, Knocks him out. Hans' dad is fine. It's okay. But (laughs) knocks knocks out the dad. Also knocks Brainy and Hefty off the sled without anyone noticing. Hefty notices the thief running away, so he insists on going after him. Brainy's a little slower to go after the thief, but picks up the pace real quickly when he finds himself face to face with the largest, scariest rat I have ever seen in animation. It looks it's got the face of a dog at one point, like an (laughs) animated dog. And this thing, like if Smurfs are three apples tall and this thing is bigger than the Smurfs, that's like that's like New York City rats. That thing is is just ginormous. That thing's the size of Splinter. And it roars <laughs> like a dinosaur. Hefty! Help! Inappropriate animal noises. Yeah, well, it's clearly Frank Welker because all he does all the animal voices. But for a second there, I thought I heard a hint of a Dr. Claw growl from this rat. <laughs> I'll get you next time, Gadget. <laughs> 
that rat went on to be the big cheese from uh, Samurai Pizza Cats. <laughs> yeah, it was about the same time. <laughs> Who stole from whom? So Hefty has to come to Brainy's rescue by tying the rat's tail to a hook on the wall and they escape. The rest of the Smurfs arrive at Gustav and Elisa's house, but by this time, those two have gone to bed. And Papa decides, that's perfect. We'll leave them a little surprise for Christmas morning. And they start putting up their tree inside their house. And reminder, Smurf Village is in the middle of the woods, so it's a normal-sized Christmas tree. So they sneak inside and do their thing. Notably, Painter Smurf paints a bunch of Christmassy canvases. I want whatever magic paint he uses because his brush just looks like it's got white paint on it. And he just brushes it across the canvas. And when he does, a full-colored image sort of spills down into place like one of those watercolor books when you were a kid. It's Smurf magic. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's got that cartoon and cartoon magic paint like they used to have for like the Looney Tunes when it would be like uh, <laughs> yes. Daffy versus the paintbrush and stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even Wild gets to help by hanging Garland from the ceiling and mistletoe so he can get another kiss from Smurfette. And they all would have gotten away without being seen, but Clumsy Smurf exists. He knocks over one of Painter's paintings into a basket of candy canes that sets off some sort of Pee-wee's Big Adventure domino effect (laughs) that ends with an ornament falling off the tree and shattering, and that's enough to wake up Gustav, who comes out of his bedroom just in time to see the Smurfs scatter. I mean, don't you guys, when you decorate for Christmas, create an elaborate Rube Goldberg device in order to alert yourself? I mean, I do. Of course. How else am I going to feed the dog? (laughs) But that's what everyone did. Yeah. Uh, Of course, Gustav believes it's the elves. So he runs to tell his wife, who doesn't believe him. But he helps her out of bed so she can see for herself. And I guess the Smurfs decided to just hang out and tell him, yeah, sure, we're a bunch of elves. Because I guess that was easier than having to explain what a Smurf is. I don't know. It's fine. I feel like if you had to explain a Smurf, it would be like Homer Simpson trying <laughs> to explain what a Muppet is. <laughs> Where it like never goes anywhere. Sasset tells the couple they did it all for them and explains it with a song. This is the season for sharing. This is the season for caring. That's why we've come to you tonight to make your Christmas bright. And of course, the old lady sits down to listen to it. And I'm sure at this point she's thinking, boy, I never thought I'd die sitting side by side with an elf. (laughs) (laughs) It's a step up from goodness makes the badness go away, but not as much of an earworm as that one. So it's not quite as memorable to me. Yeah, I just I just watched this thing like 30 minutes ago. I, I couldn't hum the tune of the song if you held me at one point. <laughs> there so, it is. Yeah. It's not very good as far as the that specific melody goes. It sounds like a really bad rundown, like like carousel song. <laughs> yeah, it does now that you mention it. Uh, but it's enough to brighten Elisa's spirits because she tells Gustav she feels wonderful. <laughs> Grandpa Joe old woman. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> we got a golden ticket. I got a Christmas tree that's in my room. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, our Christmas thief arrives back at his place, believing himself undetected and counts his haul of gold coins as he stole by stacking them like Scrooge. But Hefty and Brainy have followed him home. They sneak in, but they admittedly don't have a plan on what to do now. Thankfully, they don't need one because the wind just happens to blow open a window and out of all the Smurfs singing at the house across the street, Grandpa has the loudest voice. Loud enough to carry through the now open window, the thief hears it and runs around wondering who's there. And that gives Hefty time to climb up on a barrel where a candle's lit so the light casts a large shadow of his hooded silhouette on a wall and the thief thinks it's a ghost. (laughs) <laughs> oh, what kind of evil spirit are you? Spirit? Uh, 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 I'm a Christmas spirit! You're the one who's evil! 
And now Brainy also climbs up, so there are two shadows cast on the wall. He does have a great line here, though, before we before we go to the next part. The guy's response is, evil, I'm just a thief. That's <laughs> me up because it's like, first of all, it's, it's ridiculous. Obviously, the, the joke there is that he's, you know, a thief that is evil. But I immediately get like Jean Valjean energy from him. <laughs> yes. He's like stealing because he needs to buy a loaf of bread. Oi, I'm just a victim of the system, governor. (laughs) It's just a little petty larceny. (laughs) One thing I I forgot to mention when we were talking about the voices, but like Hefty Smurf's voice, I kind of love how like gruff it sounds. And I feel like in the cartoons I've watched, like in the years since like being a little kid, you never hear that like same quality of voice and i mean it's probably because we don't let four-year-olds start smoking (laughs) cigarettes now but like there's some level of nostalgia to it for me that i'm like oh yeah (laughs) well that's another frank welker character so he's bringing his a-game to everything he does (laughs) he's gruff fred it's it's gruff fred from (laughs) scooby-doo but now brainy also climbs up there and there are two shadows cast on the wall, but it's Hefty who comes up with, oh, yeah, Christmas spirits always come in pairs. Which is bullcrap. Yeah, right. <laughs> they always come in threes. Yeah. You know this. Exactly. Threes. <laughs> you know, we always thought as kids that Brainy was supposed to be the smart one. It turns out he's not as quick on his feet as he wants us to believe. Well, and, and you know what? This is the second time because, like, the rat, like. You would think Brawny would like punch the rat in the face and that's how they escape. No, he does the smart brainy thing of tying its tail up. So like, what is Brainy's purpose here other than like pretending to be smart? They call him Brainy ironically. Yes. It's it's like a pat on the head. They know he's (laughs) dumb as a bag of hair and they're still like, yeah, all right, you're Brainy. Great. Yeah, you're Brainy Smurf. That's (laughs) your thing. You're smart. You're smart. Middle manager Smurf was just too long. (laughs) (laughs) but hefty and brainy convince this thief he should be giving and sharing instead of stealing and the rest of the smurfs singing across the street now starts pouring in through the window and what happened then well in smurf village they say that the christmas thief's heart grew three sizes that day well maybe not yet first hans's father has come back with the cops (laughs) it's the sheriff and another guardsman armed with halberds I know what they're called. Thanks, The Legend of Zelda. (laughs) (laughs) And he also dragged his wife and son out on the snow in the middle of the night. Yeah, there's Hans. He drags Hans and his mom out of bed in the middle of the night for no reason to like. He wanted to find the thief and say, look at the man who stole our Christmas. He wanted them to be like, oh, daddy's a hero. Look at daddy. Stop crime. Daddy's a vigilante. (laughs) So the guards have followed the thief's footprints back to his corner of the village, but the thief dropped the bag of money outside before he emptied it and brought the gold inside with him, and he left the bag outside his neighbor Gustav's house. So while Gustav's inside thanking the Smurfs, and Elise gives Sasset one of her husband's puppets, there's a knock on the door, and all the Smurfs hide. And immediately, Hans's judgy father barges in, points at the tree and decorations and says Gustav must be a thief. He couldn't afford these decorations without stealing. And just like a cop, they (laughs) believe them. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) But Elise quickly comes to her husband's defense, explaining, no, the elves came and decorated our hut. And even Gustav has to tell her, listen, just go back to bed. You're not helping. (laughs) It came off like a very Beauty and the Beast. Like, we're, we're going to come and get the old crazy person now. Thank you very much. <laughs> crazy old Gustav, eh? This puts the Smurfs in a bind now, and Papa Smurf's all set to reveal himself to the humans. But wait! Here comes our reformed thief who admits, He didn't steal your gold. I snatched your purse in the alley. But why are you confessing? I'm going to stop giving instead of taking. That's the Christmas spirit. Gustav is innocent. Here's your money back. And here's Brainy again, trying to take sole credit for the thief's reformation. But Hefty yanks him out of there and onto the sled outside. Where Puppy takes them all home unnoticed. 
Hans's father decides not to press charges now that he's got his gold back. He actually says yes. it like that. And then he adds, after all, it is Christmas Eve, but this guy has learned nothing. Nope. <laughs> of course not. He, he's just happy that they knew it was his golds, you know. The <laughs> yes. important, we, we have learned the real true of meaning of Christmas. I have my golds. That's right. He's, Come he's back one of those guys who does nice gold. things so that people can tell him how great he is. And uh, yeah. I just don't have patience for that. Look at all the good I'm doing. I gave you this gift. Aren't you? Aren't you proud of me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hans's mother helps Elise back to bed, which for some reason is now a lot smaller. It actually looks like they just put her on the couch in the living room. I'm not helping you all the way to your own bed. The couch is right here. Oh, by the way, I love your decorations. Elise tell her it was the elves. They're hiding under my bed. Look, but of course, the Smurfs are gone by now. We see them riding home as Papa remarks, Wilde will never forget his first Christmas. And I remark, wow, I forgot Wilde was here. <laughs> and now it's finally time to exchange their gifts. Brainy just couldn't wait any longer to give everyone in Smurf Village a copy of his book of Yuletide quotations. Is this like what? What is this? Is this like? <sighs> Merry Christmas! Here's my stupid book. You're what, right. Yeah, he's sheltered. Exactly. What is a Yuletide quotation? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think, I think it's like it's a donation to the Human Fund, basically. That's, that's, okay, that's exactly <laughs> what I down here. Yuletide quotations might as well be giving stars named after them or charitable donations in their name. The Smurf Fund, the Brady Fund. <laughs> uh, but, and in return, the rest of the Smurfs pelt Brainy with snowballs, and that's how we end Tis the Season to be Smurfy. A perfect ending to a perfectly cromulent Smurfs Christmas special. Any final thoughts on Tis the Season to be Smurfy? I think it's completely adequate. I mean, again, I know that I have nostalgia goggles on, but like it kind of has one of those. It's like it's a it's a Christmas special. So it's like, all right, we're going to hit all like we're going to show you all the characters that we have. You're going to get some of the favorites showing up here. You know, we're going <laughs> to throw Poochie in because we got Poochie in you know this season. And then it like ties up the story and it doesn't get too schmaltzy and it doesn't get like too ridiculous with some of the logic as far as some of the jumps they make and it's a tight 30 minutes it doesn't drag on too long so uh i gotta give it points for all those things and you know what the script doesn't rely overly on using smurf as a noun verb pronoun whatever uh it, it it's actually the script is actually surprisingly good for us for yeah. episode because it's not everything. I mean, yes, they do throw what's the uh, what's the thing that uh, Grand Grandpa Smurf always says Smurf Smurf Rooney Smurf Rooney yeah something like that or something Smurf Tootie that was it I don't know he probably says both something that sounds like Punky Brewster if she was a Smurf yes but uh, or the uh, the dance that Booker T would do if he was a Smurf. <laughs> Um, um, but, but no, it doesn't rely overly on that, which I think if you watch some of the older episodes, the Smurfs do kind of rely on, oh, we, this is so Smurfing exciting. Or, yeah. Yeah. So I, it, the script is really good. Uh, the voice work is good. I, I enjoyed it. Is it going to enter my yearly rotation? Eh, probably not, but I liked it enough that, I, you know, when we get around to the Christmas time, I may throw it on as background noise. It is less of a chore to watch than some things, that's for sure. Absolutely. And I don't think I'll watch this every year. I like the older Smurfs Christmas special better where they stop the ring of fire with the power of song. But this one's got a good heart and it's not afraid to go all in on. Can you believe these rich jerks? Yeah, that's. That's what kind of won me over is that the thing is very clearly thumbing its nose at uh, at the rich people and the whole uh, materialistic lifestyle. Yeah. And I kind of enjoy that. But thank you both for smurfing through this with me. It's a pleasure as always. I was happy to dance with the Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people want to sneak into your living room and decorate while you sleep, where can they find you on the Internet? Lindy. Um, I guess 
for the time being, still on Twitter at I eat video games. <laughs> Who knows at this point? And Donnie. Uh, yeah, I'm also on Twitter at boxcar45. I never use it anymore. Uh, I'd really prefer if you wanted to visit me, visit, uh, visit my band's SoundCloud. Uh, we still have one of those. I'm sure Michael link it somewhere in the, in the notes or whatever. I sure will. Uh, yeah. Visit that. Listen to stuff. Yes, please do. Uh, you can find those links as Donnie mentioned in the show notes or an advent calendar dot house. I, I have a link tree for my stuff. So if Twitter goes away, you can still find me there. Linktree.com slash advent calendar house, but also the website, but Next episode is different from all other episodes because we're watching a special from a holiday I haven't talked about yet. Stay tuned. Till then, for Lindy and Donnie from underneath a stagecoach that just ran over my life's work, this is Mike Westfall reminding you to stay out of dark alleys when you're carrying boxes of expensive gifts, and please watch out for that icy patch. Good night. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. Why is this episode of Rugrats different from all other episodes of Rugrats? Hi, I'm Moses. Pleased to meet you. I'm Pharaoh. I run this place. It's a special Passover episode of Rugrats. Passover is the greatest holiday of the year. And you're invited to join the Crusader, where you'll hear the story of Passover, complete with plagues. <laughs> and a miracle or two. I hope this works. It's a special Rugrats you won't want to pass over. This is going to be good.